little bit of a different setup here tonight. You guys, if you... Uh, we have something in store here tonight that I'm so excited about. We've been going through James, and so this is the uh, final week in James. I think we've been in it for like nine years, it seems like. But it has been so fruitful for me and for us. Uh, if you have a Bible, would you turn to James 5? And we're going to finish out James... James chapter 5, it's right after Hebrews. James 5, this is verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Isn't that simple? If any of you is in trouble... Now, what's interesting is that this word trouble is the only usage of this kind in the whole entire New Testament. This trouble is referring to our circumstances, not like an illness. It's referring to like life stinks, like difficulty going through life. If any of you is in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. If your circumstances stink, praise him. Go into the prayer room. Find people to intercede with you with God. If you are happy, you should do the same. You should seek God and praise Him for it. I think it's kind of funny. We, we look at, um, you know, maybe worship. And I don't know if you've, you've been on some Sunday services or even here or different places. And we'll be singing like a song like, Oh, you, you know, turn my morning to dancing. And, and people are like a grimace on their face, you know. And it's like, when you're worshiping God, can you notify your face, you know, like... Let them know that, you know, those words mean something. It seems like, you know, we're baptized in lemon juice, not in the anointing of God. And so when we are happy and we sing praise and we sing words tonight that we need to express it with our, our bodies, prayer is not just for when things are going wrong. Prayer is for when things are going great. Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. I had a, a completely different message ready for tonight. We're going to break down the, the whole entire passage, and we're going to walk through here and give us a couple practical reasons and ways in which God calls us to prayer. And it wasn't until I got a text message this morning from my buddy Dave, and he gave me a psalm. And, and I was considering last night, we had a, a prayer meeting in West Sac. And we were there, and, and Aaron was leading worship, and we had guitar. And, and we just began to just pray for the Lord, just intercede just that God would invade our lives. Not that he would do anything radical necessarily here and tonight about epic life, but just more that God would invade our, our place that moment. And as the time moved forward, God began to fill the room and to fill our praise and completely change our perspective. 
completely changed our hearts for prayer. It was amazing. And so I woke up this morning feeling that, yeah, we could go through here and we could really dissect the text and find the wisdom and the knowledge that we have here. Or I can share with you what I feel God's on my heart has been laying on me for what he has for tonight. So we mixed up the whole entire night. We're going to do something completely different. And I believe that God is going to honor us in being bold and coming to him because I think that God is ready for us to go to the next level. I think that until we come to a place where we say, God, the way that things are now, the way that life is right now, it's not enough until we come to that point we call his presence in and we say it's time for you to take over that we can't expect the breakthroughs that we all want. And I know life is hard and so we all come with different circumstances. But I believe that there are six things tonight that God's laid on my heart. And we talked last week about that that God is the, the farmer. He has the crops. We are the harvest. We are the harvest of Jesus. And so the farmer knows the seasons. He knows when it's going to be dry and when it's in fall. He knows when it's in spring. And he knows when it rains. As our text here has Elijah talking about praying for rain tonight, we want to intercede with God and ask him to rain down on our lives. And I believe there's a few things that he wants to rain down. And the first thing is that God wants to restore our hearts. He wants to restore each of our hearts to him. There is a war raging on for each one of our hearts. The war for the, the stuff that we would accumulate. The war for the recognition. It doesn't matter. The, the, the war for material and money and, and jobs. We have just are bombarded with things that are clamoring for the attention of our heart. And so God, first off tonight, I believe for our group, wants to purify our hearts. He wants to move us so radically to him. And in Psalm 51, I love this, 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. When we come to God and we say, God, take away anything that competes for you, when we pray a big prayer like that, God is going to press in. He's going to do it. And so tonight as we pray and we worship and we have music, is that one of the things that we our word says that, God, would you take away every last thing that competes for you and only give me you? I believe that God wants us to encounter a sonship heart. I believe he wants us to know how much he radically loves us. We put a cross here so that tonight as we would worship, we would see the nail holes. We would know that God did an amazing work just so he would have a relationship with us. It says when Jesus was crucified and it was finished, the inner holy of holy rooms inside the temple, it's a curtain about four feet thick made of goat hair, ripped in half, symbolizing that we now have direct access with God and that no longer do we need to go through sacrifices to encounter God and have atonement for our sins. He says, you come directly to me. And the challenge we have is that we need to rid our hearts of all these things and all this stuff that's competing for him. And he wants to purify us of that. Later on in Psalm 51, two verses later, it says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Last night in our prayer, prayer meeting, uh, Alex, and I'm sorry I didn't tell you about this earlier, <laughs> Alex has gone through some crazy stuff, and he's come to the Lord in the past recent weeks. And so he's a new Christian. He's new in a right heart with God. And so we asked him to pray, and we, and we had him speak, and he prayed, and all of us gathered around, and I was crying, other people were crying, we're just like, holy cow, and just the weight 
of a, a new heart for God was so precious and so pure that in the, the context of us purifying a heart, he wants to restore a heart that has newly come to him with the same joy, the same excitement, the same fulfillment. And the prayers that were coming out of Alex's mouth, the yearning for God to be real and in him, and it is, was so powerful. I want that for us, that we would say, God, remove this stuff and give us the joy of our salvation back tonight. Hit the reset button. Maybe we become jaded in terms of what we expect from God in a, a service or in a gathering like this. Maybe we've become jaded in saying that, oh, it's going to be, you know, three songs up front and it's going to be a, a four-point message or something. And we, we come with all these expectations. I think God tonight wants us to come to a refreshed heart with him. The second is I think that God wants to have intimacy with us. Is that God is, is tired of the standoff Christianity that we pretend is a relationship with him. In renewing our hearts and giving us a new heart and a new perspective and restoring the joy of our salvation, he says, come to me. He says, come into my presence. I'm going to fill your life. I'm going to fill this place. We were back there praying for 45 minutes. God, fill this place, fill this place, fill this place. It's all about intimacy. Last week we looked at it and we said, man, we've done a lot of programs, we've done a lot of things, and we say it's all for nothing. We want God's intimacy here. If we don't have it, all the other stuff is irrelevant. It starts and ends with God's intimacy. And I want to read Psalm 27. And you can just close your eyes and just listen to this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior, though my father and my mother forsake me. The Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path. Become, because of my oppressors, do not turn me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Do you hear his cry to say, come to me? Come to me. It says, I, 
This is my desire that I would dwell in his house. The heart of the Psalm of David is coming and saying, my heart says, I will seek you. And it says, I will seek your face. Can we just like marinate on that for just one second to seek the face of God? Just like try and wrap your little brain around. Seek the face of God. We're talking about the creator of the universe. And the psalmist is saying that this is what my heart says, to seek the face, O Lord. And O Lord, I will seek your face. The call to intimacy with God is great. But you notice it's that our heart needs to seek him. We need to seek his face. We need to seek his dwelling place. God is calling us to that place. I have a friend who's a pastor, and he's going through some challenges, and we were driving together, and he asked me, why do you believe in God? And I could sense such utter and unbelievable pain that was coming from him as he squeaked out that question. And it took him probably about five minutes to articulate it that way. And I sat there, and I was like, one, just completely flabbergasted, that kind of question would come from that kind of person with that kind of knowledge and wisdom and experience and and things. And so I sat there, and the first thing that came out of my mouth is that I feel the sonship of God. Is I feel the intimacy of the eternal creator who has come to dwell within my life. It's not about knowing the Bible. It's not about not doing wrong. It's about having that intimate relationship, that sonship with him, that he lets me know that I am his beloved and he is mine that lets me know that the things I do matter to a father's heart. I don't know what your relationship with your father is. I'm so saddened as I understand that my experiences are not the norm. I have an unbelievable relationship with my earthly father. He is my DNA. He has done everything in me to inspire me and encourage me in such humility. And he has such an amazing heart. And I want to please that heart. I want to make him proud. And it wasn't until several years ago where I I began to draw the line of my heavenly father's heart and my earthly father's heart are very similar. Just like I want my earthly father to be pleased with me as I've come into a sonship knowing that the, the decisions I make and the way that I carry out life brings joy to the heavenly father. But our challenge is that we have an intimacy barrier to break. If we haven't had those experiences, maybe we've had a crummy relationship with a a father or mother. We don't understand that. We need to press on through that. But tonight, if anything else, is I want intimacy with the Father's heart. The third thing is God wants us to be free from any obstacles. God wants us as Epic Life to be free from any obstacles that are in his way. What does that mean for you? Is there something in your life that is tripping you up and holding you back? Is there something that you can think of right now that you know that you've had to deal with for some time, and you're like, eh, I'll deal with it later? Or is there something that I would really get involved with God? I'd really take this thing really seriously. I would really go to the next level if this. What is that obstacle? We all have it. What is it taking you to go to the next level with God? Several weeks ago, we had a woman and husband here, and they gave us an amazing night. Um, Brian and Cecily Orm. I don't think they mind that I share that. Cecily Orm. And if you weren't here, you missed out. It was amazing. But I was hanging out with them a little bit afterwards, 
And Cecily's like, hey, I have a word from the Lord from you. It's like, sweet, present time, right? You know, you're like, I want to hear what God's saying. Tell me. And, uh, you know, you don't know what to expect. When someone says that, I know we're developing the culture in which we are becoming more in tune with God and so that God is helping communicate through others between us, and that's awesome. And so anytime I hear someone say, I have something the Lord has kind of shared with me and I want to share it with you, you know what it was? It wasn't that doing a great job, hey, really stoked about that you didn't cheat on that or anything like that. No, it was that God is bored. Right? I mean, when you're like, whop, 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 you know, like, is your connection okay? I don't know. Like, could you, like, you know, verify that telegram or that, you know, was there a bad connection there? God is bored. And I, I, I took and I was like, I didn't disagree with it. I don't think it's that God is, don't, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's that God is disappointed. But I think that God has been t- taking me and my wife, and he's been taking us on a journey, and that he's ready for the next step. He's ready for the next challenge that he wants us to go for. I'm in business. I'm an entrepreneur. I have the most high-risk lifestyle of anybody but Dave Allgood, who makes 30-foot-high hammocks. Beyond that, I have a high-risk lifestyle of, like, someone sneezes wrong, I go bankrupt, pretty much. You know, so, like, life for me is really in the balance. But in that chaos, I've found a way to live a pretty secure life over the past several years. And me and my wife would pray about things, and and we've had something in our heart, and we'd say, God, you know, we want to be used by you. We want to be used by you. We want you to take us to the next level. And last week, it got to me. Because some things have been changed in our life. And we realized there was a big obstacle in our life. And I don't know about you. Maybe your obstacle is a relationship. Maybe it's about lack of a genuine encounter with the Holy Spirit or God. Maybe it's fear of man. Maybe like you're trying to impress people and you have a reputation to maintain. Maybe you're the cool guy. I don't know. There are some obstacles that all of us have. And it wasn't that I need to get more involved in ministry. I'm like way too busy. But yet I'm doing all this busy stuff. I'm involved in these things and they're very worthwhile. But yet I can have God be bored and it rang true for me. And because we have an obstacle in our life. And that obstacle was called a mortgage. We've been working for two years to think about what does God want to do with this house? And we came to the conclusion that a lot of our decisions, a lot of things in which we feel that God would take us is being defined by monthly payment. And so last week, after a lot of prayer and counsels, we're selling our house. We want to be freed up so that God can take us wherever he wants. I don't want to say, God, do whatever you want, but just as long as this little detail here. And, you know, we, we were looking at this, and we said, okay, God, we've been praying for a long time that he would take care of this obstacle for us and free us up. And so I'm in business, and so I have uh, ownership in a bunch of different startups. A couple years ago, we had an opportunity to sell that one of the businesses. And if you know anything about, you know, business and ownership and other companies buying other companies, it can be a lot of money. It can be a great thing. And so I think for a, a long time, we were looking at things and saying, you know, God, take care of the house, and we know that that $5 million acquisition is going to be how you're going to break through. Wouldn't it be so easy for us to say, God, just plant a $2 million check down for us? Isn't that our tendency to say that, God, would you break through? 
and just send a truckload of money because that's how you typically break through. Not so much. And what God has did, when we earnestly said, God, remove the obstacles, you know what he did? He didn't give us the $5 million deal. He didn't do any of that stuff. He let the economy come and let us be affected like everybody else and be able to look at the situation and say, God, you want us to be responsible here? And despite the economy, despite the challenges, we are going to enter into this season of life just giving you everything hands up. And so we decided that's what we're going to do. And I share with you not to say, oh, look at this or feel sorry. We are the most blessed people on earth and ever. Like we are, it's, it's insane. But the point is, is that God has been dealing with, with us and we, last week we talked about perseverance and going through seasons and challenges, and it was really hard because we got to take a lot of our own medicine. And I can't stand before you and be able to deliver God's word and knowing that I'm not personally applying it and saying that we would remove obstacles. And so I tell you that here tonight, not to draw attention to me or us or to troll for any of these things, but to say that we so desperately want God to move and to be available for what God would do in us is that he wants our heart, he wants intimacy, he wants a pure heart. And in order for that, for us right now, that means that we get rid of this thing. Not because we don't like it, not because we don't love it, all those different things, but because we want him. So what obstacle do you wrestle with right now that might be holding you back from experiencing God? The fourth thing is, I think God wants us to be unsatisfied with where we currently are. God wants you to be unsatisfied with where you currently are. Not that God wants you to be unhappy, but he wants you to be so attracted to him. God wants you to be so attracted to what he could do and will do in your life that you look at your circumstances and you cry out, I have got to get there. I have got to experience that. And until we decide in our lives and as a group and community, until we are fed up with our current circumstances and plead to God and ask him to do things out of our unsatisfaction over our current circumstances, I don't think God's going to move. We talked two weeks ago about raising our expectations. Maybe it's time that you get fed up with your mediocre life and do something and invite God into it. Why do we, re- why do we refuse to push for God's best and choose mediocrity. So many of us get to do that. We get to take the look at the, the options and we say, yeah, I'm going to live a half A life. You know, it's like, I'm not even going to swing for the fences. I'm just going to be perfectly mediocre. And until we say that mediocre is not good enough, I don't think God's going to do much in our lives and we can't expect him to. We have to be unsatisfied with the way things are at. Every revival People say, oh, we want to see revival. Revivals only start when people are fed up. Revivals start when people pray, and they pray out of such desperation that things have got to change. We are going to stay here until things change, and we are not going to let you go, God, until you change things. I think God for Epic Life has us in a place where he wants to know if we're fed up or not. Are we ready to say, Yeah, that mediocre Christianity is just sucky enough to be here. Or is he saying, I have intimacy, purity of heart. I have sonship waiting for you. 
I have total freedom. Is that attractive or not? Throughout the Bible, there's opportunities where people are bowing down and worshiping to golden idols. And it wasn't like people came up and said, you shouldn't do that. You know what they said? Choose today who your God is. Is it that golden calf? Is it this wooden carved image? Or is it God? Either way, you're going to serve somebody. I think God just wants to know, who are we going to serve? We can choose to serve our jobs, our money. We can choose to serve relationships. We can choose to do all that stuff. And I think that we look around, and, and God wants to say, choose who you're going to serve today. I think he wants us to choose the greatness and the intimacy and to say goodbye to the mediocrity. Fifth is I think that God wants us to be relentless. In here in this place, God wants us to be relentless. If you like the word tenacious, as my friend Sal Sansone, he wants us to be tenacious. He wants us to be relentless towards him. God wants us to know that we are not going to give up, that we are going to stay until he does something. I really believe that we all can influence the heart of God. I believe it wholeheartedly. If we all are in one mind and accord, and we petition God, and we cry out, that we all can influence the heart of God. It's happened many times before in the Bible. If you look in Luke, or you just Google persistent neighbor, persistent friend, persistent widow, you'll find Jesus telling parables of people who did not give up. God wants us to have the framework and the mentality, the fabric that we will not give up. In Genesis chapter 32, Jacob wrestles with God. And he wrestles with him from midnight all the way to the early dawn. And God is wrestling with, with Jacob. I, it, it's such an amazing story. You've got to check it out. And God is saying, let go of me. And, Dave, or, and Jacob sits there and grabs him and says, I will not let go of you until you bless me. I will not leave here. I will not let go. You are not getting out of my sight until you bless me. And the Lord said, what is your name? And Jacob said, it's Jacob. And he says, now your name will be Israel. And then he blessed him. Do we have that mentality that we say, God, whatever the circumstance, whatever this journey is, I am not moving until you bless me. Do we have that tenaciousness about us? Do we have that resilience and that relentlessness to us? That no matter what the issue, we say, God, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. And for Jacob, this was an exercise of faith. We should be encouraged that Jacob had faith that there was something that he hadn't gotten from God yet. And all of that wrestling, as we wrestle with God, Jacob came to the conclusion of that and said, all this time, wrestle with the Lord, there's still something left. That knowledge and that faith that there's still something left at the end of our struggle is what drives us to say, God, I know there's more, and I'm not leaving until I get it. I think God wants that for us. He wants to hear us say that I am not going to let you go until this happens. And for us, I, be, I believe it's the intimacy. If you read that story, also it talks about that God played a little dirty. He touched Jacob's hip, and his hip socket was disjointed or something. And the point of this is that sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable to get that. It wasn't that Jacob, when his hip was dislodged, cried uncle and says, okay, you get out. 
If we are going to pursue God and we're going to seek him and say, I'm not leaving, we got to be prepared to get uncomfortable. We got to be prepared to know that those circumstances are going to test us and try us. They're going to be awkward, they're going to be difficult, and they're going to be difficult times for us all together in every way and shape. And so that's part of the equation. When we have that mentality and that attitude of being relentless, we have to know that there's going to be some challenge there. And we need to be okay with it. Awkwardness is totally fine. Because the absence of awkwardness means that you are trying to please man. If you are trying to make sure that no one pays any attention to you, or maybe sure that you maintain a safe level of Christianity, and the Bible says about that, Galatians 1.10 says, if I'm trying to please man, I'm not a servant of Christ. I had a guy who disciples me. He calls me out. He's like, you're trying to please man. He's like, you memorize first, you know, Galatians 1.10. I had to look it up and you know, read it. And trying to serve the expectations and pleasing those around us will not happen if we're trying to be God's servant. You cannot serve both. If you are at that point where you are like, God, I need you to break through, you have to know that that's going to require you to step out and leave the expectations and leave the worries of what other people are going to think, say, and do. That's part of the equation. And finally, is that God wants an opportunity for us. God wants an opportunity to break into your life. Again, we're, we're, we're not talking about just having a mediocre Christian relationship. We're talking about the purest form of intimacy with God the Creator. He wants an opportunity where you, where you would say, the guards are down, the doors are open, here I am, come invade me. And maybe the greatest single challenge that we face is that we have never given ourselves to let the guards down. Maybe God is saying, I've been wanting to do these things, but you just haven't given me the opportunity yet. I've wanted to come in, but you have kept the door closed. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand here, and I knock. And whoever opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he will eat with me. Maybe God is standing at the threshold of your life and he is knocking and all he is waiting for is that opportunity to come and speak to you. That looks different for each one of us. And tonight we're going to do something a little bit different is that we're going to have the band come back up right now. We're going to enter into a time of worship and I have a microphone right here. And we're going to set this forward and we are going to let anybody who has a heavy heart for God and needs something in their life, and needs God to hear whatever is on their heart to come and to share it with us. And that we would agree, and we can cry out together. It doesn't matter what is on your heart. If you are being challenged, if God is bringing you in, saying, I'm waiting for an opportunity for you to come and to tell me to come in. If there's a circumstance in your life, and you need prayer, you need God to hear the Bible says when two or more gathered, he is here, and when two or more agree on anything, that God is going to do it. And so would you have the boldness tonight as we pray and we worship, and we all just are going to have an open opportunity. It doesn't matter. If you don't have something, that's fine. But for those of you who have something that's stirring on you, that God is laying on your heart, that you need to cry out to him. You need God's intervention we want to be with you and hear that and agree with it. So the band knows.
If you come up and you come by the microphone and share and impart, we want to cry, we want to intercede, we want to seek God all together and with one accord and with unity. Will we have that boldness? I really believe that God is raising up leaders. I'm so passionate about the people who are in this room seeking God and craving after him and pushing forward. And it says that in Matthew eleven twelve that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and that violent men lay hold of it. It means the kingdom of God is advancing to the capacity of the people who are bold enough to push its boundaries. We go forward, we say, God, I am not leaving until you bless me. And we push the boundaries of the kingdom of God. And we say, I refuse to settle for anything but intimacy. And here are my my cries. God has promised us that he will hear from heaven and heal our land and heal our circumstances, heal our community. He will move in such radical ways if we have the boldness for it. Matthew 18 says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. I don't want to miss an opportunity where we can come together and we can be completely transparent and open and honest and say, God, I'm not leaving. Another word that came last night is that you were appointed for a time and a purpose such as this. We are all in in transition. Every one of us is at a pivotal moment in our life. Whether we are in between jobs, in school, we are, all of us, not one of us, has life figured out. We are all in transition. And these are the moments where we get to say, God, you come and change the course of my life. Maybe my horizon point is still the same, but God, you're going to begin to take me on a different course that is paved with such radically different things. So if you have a need to God to purify your heart, if you have a need for him to draw you so close and and give you an intimate account that you've never experienced in your life, if you need to ask him to remove an obstacle, if you need to ask him for a relentless heart and a relentless spirit, if you need him to have an opportunity, then we have it tonight. Why don't we all stand and we're just going to sing some songs. If that's you, we want you to come and share and to pray. So Father God, we just come before you, Lord. Lord, we lay down our crowns, God. We put down our circumstances. And Lord, we declare that you are the only thing that matters. Lord, and until we are frustrated, until we refuse to stay in the same existence that we have and cry out to you and be relentless for you and to seek that intimacy, Lord, we can't expect anything more. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would take this time. Would you grow us in this time of worship, Lord? I just pray that there wouldn't be any hindrance if we want to raise our voices, if we want to scream aloud, if we want to raise our hands, if we want to be on our knees, if we want to be on our face, Lord, that you would have your way here now. Lord, you're so good. I thank you, Lord, that your word says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Lord, we want that intimacy. Would you remain in us and give us new levels of boldness now, Lord? 
In this moment, God, we just pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
be unacceptable to not reach out to the lost people around me. like seven and a half, eight years I've been a Christian. I've been walking with Christ every day, but I've had that gap in me for so long. I can't even describe how long it's been. And I've been seeking for God's guidance the whole time, and it's been like, it seems just like this gap that's always been eating at me for like every day, every day, eating at me like, like, keep digging a pit straight down. I'm just like, oh God, why did I keep going through this? Why did I have to keep going through this? And I know why I has come to this, because tonight, you know, God's calling me out of my comfort zone to come up here, and I never usually talk that much, so this is going to be out of my comfort zone, but whatever. Um, yeah, so right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare freedom for my mind, Father God. I've been focusing on just man and focusing on what they would have me do rather than making my decisions, God. God, I'm extremely nervous right now, but I know that you see my heart, and you see exactly where I'm at. God, I pray to you right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, just shed blood on the cross, Father God, that you would break off anything in my mind that, were, that I would put above you, Father God, that any amount of joy, Father God, that you, that you put in within me, Father God, for my joy of my salvation, God, let it explode, God, let it explode, like a, just like a, a rain shower, Father God, that you would rain from the heavens through me, Father God, that you would allow my life just to be a representation of it you would do not what man would have me do father god but put man aside father god and be my focus god i know you can hear my cry right now god and i pray to you right now god in your precious son's name father god every chain of my mind be broken in the name of jesus christ amen
Every day I spend hours meditating for your wisdom. But in doing so, I have lost the softness of my heart. I have lost the compassion for my brothers and sisters. I want it back. I want to be able to love my brothers and sisters as you do. Let me be able to know that love, Lord, and remove the hardness of my heart. For no wisdom is worth the hardness of a heart.
overseas, God, giving us respect. In the name of all the nations and the highest glories and honor that men bestow upon each other. We like the glory, God. We like the Red Sea stuff, but we work hard for it. Please continue blessing our efforts, working in ministry and professional realms of America and the universe. Thank you, God, for your presence here amongst us tonight.
one thing that's just been kind of holding me back and struggling with, and it's just like Eric was saying earlier, I feel like if, if this one thing was resolved, you know, I would give my all towards God, and and this one thing has been, uh, I mean, it's, uh, in a nutshell, it's, it's just deals with purity and, and and desiring a a pure relationship with with others and especially with women and and keeping my my mind guarded and and not allowing you know allowing thoughts to take hold
no longer want to have any obstacles that would harbor my relationship with you, Father. And so tonight, I want this obstacle to be gone, God. And I just repent to you tonight of those feelings, God. I repent to you of feeling that I was justified in feeling that way, that I was so wronged that I was justified to not forgive that person, Father. That it's not of you. So I just beg you tonight, God, to continue to fill this place every heart here, God, that feels like done something that doesn't deserve forgiveness, or the people that have done stuff to us, God, that we felt like we could never forgive, but you have forgiven us of everything, Father, and in return, you've called us to forgive others, and it's a sin if we don't do that, God, so tonight, I just repent this to you, Father, I just thank you for your mercy, I thank you for your grace.
where this is where we go crazy. This is a time where we can let things slip because once we're done, then we can settle down. Lord God, I know in many of our lives, Lord God, we, we use this as an excuse. This is no excuse, Lord God. We live for the day, Lord Jesus, and for what it's worth, may we understand, Lord God, it's our hearts who prove who we are. It's not how much time we spend in the gym. It's not how much time you study for. 
It's not who you're dating. It's our hearts that prove who we are. Lord God, may we just surrender that five minutes of our day just to get on our knees, Lord Jesus, and say, you know what? I'm going to give this time to you. Lord God, may we just not fall to victim to what the world says to be successful, Lord God. May we just lift up our hands, Lord God, wherever we're at and say, you know what, Jesus? My heart belongs to you. And this day, Lord God, in this time in class or wherever we're at in the gym, Lord Jesus, let's just say, you know what? This day means more than anything. Living life for you means more than anything right now. It's not in four years or two years that we're going to get right with God. I hear that so much, and I use that in my own life. I'm going to get right with God once I get married. I'm going to get right with God once I settle down. Lord Jesus, you know our heart, and may we just understand that day in and day out, it's just going to be our hearts that prove who we are.
Father God, we come into this room as seekers. All of us, God, looking for you, looking for a touch. Limping through this week, staggering through this week, struggling through this week, God, just for your touch. We're so grateful that when we kneel, God, you are there. And when we close our eyes, you're right next to us. There's nothing we can do to disqualify us from your love. That you chase us far faster than we ever seek for you. And sometimes all you want is for us to be still. In this moment, God, I pray that you would be tangible for those of us that started out as seeking, but now we're just struggling. If there's anyone here like me that is struggling with holding on to something instead of just letting it go and letting you be whatever it is you deserve to be in my heart. God, we open ourselves up to you in this moment. This is your moment. And we are your children. And nothing can take that away. God, I thank you that the only bond on earth that is not earned is the bond between the father and a son or daughter. But there's nothing that can disqualify it or earn it. It just is. And who we are, God, by our very nature is yours. And I thank you for whispering that to me this week as I have been struggling with disillusionment, God, as to who you even are. Struggling with seeing routine instead of relationship. But you love me. There's nothing I can do about it. So God, as we, all of us, these brothers and sisters, all of us as seekers sit here seeking your touch, God, would you come as we sing? Would you touch us? Would you whisper whatever lie we've been hearing this week? Would you just whisper the the truth? Would you just tell us what you think about us? Would you love us like we need to be loved? And would you make us okay with being desperate, God?
just pray that you would forgive me for all those times where I've pretended like like I was all yours, all those times where I pretended like I was just enjoying your presence, all those times where I've pretended and stood here like I was worshiping you, but meanwhile my mind was somewhere completely different. God, I just pray that you would consume my thoughts. God, that you would be the first thing on my mind when I wake up in the morning and the last thing on my mind when I go to bed at night. God, I, I just pray that I would know your truth. God, that, that every lie of this world would just be so offensive to me. family is going to be saved. God, I, re I refuse to be angry anymore for being born into a family that doesn't believe in you. God, and I refuse to let that hold me back from anything anymore. God, I, I just pray for my little sister that you would just, that you would just protect her and, and whatever she's doing. God, and I just ask that, that you would use me to reach them. so secretive about it. God, I, I'm just not going to move from here until you, until you do that in me and my family. themselves in your word. My dad reads his Bible three hours a day, and yet he is constrained by what he believes is God. He is convinced that his Old Testament served God for 17 years, and only then will you know who he is, is wrong. I have been set apart. I am a son of God. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. God, we have been given so many things in you, and yet I have been constrained, Father God. I have allowed you to be constrained in my life. 
Father God, I am just not content with where I am. Father God, I have the job, I have the car, the future wife. I've been blessed with so many things, and none of them bring me the happiness that only you can. So God, I, I just declare in public, in front of my friends, and, and just everyone, that I will not stand for where I am in you, and I want more. I want more for those who have supported me. I want more for Epic Life. I want to come here and experience your presence. I don't even want to look at these people. I want to come so desperate for you that I sit down, look at you, and speak with you for the next hour and a half. Father God, I want your spirit to be the absolute center of this ministry. Father God, that people would come far and wide not to hear the speaker, not to experience worship, but just to sit, to do nothing but sit in who you are and what you have for us. God, you are a good God, exceptionally good. There is no one like you. God, your word is full of promises and peace and hope. And God, I want that in my life. God, I want that in the lives of my family and my friends. Father God, I want the boxes that have been created, the walls that have stood, the ceilings that are on my life to be broken in Jesus' name. I pray that over my family. I pray that over my friends. God, I pray that over epic life in this church. I do not stand idly by. I will not walk in the way that I have come. Father God, I come and I ask for a difference, a change, a ch just an absolute difference from where I'm coming. God, you are good, and every good thing comes from you. And so, God, I just ask for those things that you have already given for us, every spiritual blessing, revelate, widespread revelation. God, a heart after you to be within us, Father God. Break forth. Just come out of nowhere. Do things that we could not imagine. Allow your Holy Spirit to fall down in this place and change our lives, Father God. You are exceptionally good, and we thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for what you're doing here, but God, we are not content. God, everyone is coming to the same place. This is church. This is the same thing every week. Three songs and a sermon will not satisfy us, God. We want more, and we ask for your spirit today. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we know it will be done because anything we ask in your name according to your will be done. So God, according to your will, and in Jesus' name I ask, do great and amazing things and draw us closer to nothing but your Holy Spirit, nothing but your Son, nothing but the Father.
better representation of what someone who loves God should be. Help me be that person in my friends' lives and my family's lives, God. Help me to have them like look at me and just know something's different. Let me just be that person in Chad and Megan's life and my Aunt Julie's life and my parents, God, like they need you so bad and in 1 Timothy that we don't provide for our relatives, God, that we're worse than an unbeliever. And I just know that you have a bigger purpose and, and plans for me, God, and I'm tired of just derailing that, and I just pray that you just help keep me on a path so I can just fulfill that.
forgiveness in every area of my life. God, I am so tired of the devil trying to destroy every relationship that I have. I am so tired of the devil trying to destroy every piece of goodness that I have. I am so tired. I am so tired of it, God. Lord, help me. Help me to be the woman of God that you want me to be. Lord, I'm tired of being jealous of the people around me. I have no need to be jealous. God, you've blessed me in so many ways, God. And I'm still not content with anything that I have. the anger that I have from my family, God, with the way that they've treated me, with the words that they have spoke to me, God, have transferred into every relationship that I have, Lord, and I don't want that to happen anymore. My friends, Sean, everyone that I have that's close to me doesn't deserve to be spoken to that way, Lord. Please forgive me, Lord, for starting arguments out of spite, God. Why have wounded them? 
change in 
our physical uh, bodies and our physical lives. And that even deeper than the physical change, that, that that would only be a sign of all of the transformation that's happening on the inside. share what he did because the more you share it the more confident that you're 